0: deep left into the bleachers a two-run homer a swing and a miss ball game liftoff and history marches on 22 consecutive wins from the sports desk of the akron beacon journal and ohio.com this is leading off with ryan lewis a podcast on the cleveland indians santana makes the catch ball game The Indians have won the American
1: League pennant! The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series!
0: Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Hey
1: everybody, welcome back to Leading Off. This is Dan Kadar, and of course I'm joined by Ryan Lewis. And Ryan, let's get right into the thick of things. Today we're going to talk about a couple playoff things briefly as we're recording this on Wednesday, just before 1:30, the Indians sit a half game out of the wild card race. They're in a battle with the A's and Rays still, who are unrelenting. We'll talk about that briefly today. I want to talk about James Karinchak, the fireball-throwing reliever that the Indians finally called up late in the season. But Ryan, we're going to start today with Jason Kipnis, uh, the long time Indian second baseman is likely out for the rest of the season. He has an injury similar to that of Jose Ramirez with the hamate bone. Um, Jason Kipnis has really kind of been a a stalwart for the Indians for a long time. He's been an all-star twice. Um, His play on the field has been fairly consistent over the years. It's Sometimes been frustrating, sometimes been incredible. Uh, give me your thoughts on Jason Kipnis, the baseball player, and on the field, and then we'll talk about him a little more off the field.
0: On the field, he's, he's been an all star caliber player at times. Um, he's had a somewhat inconsistent tenure with the Indians, a lot of that brought on by injuries. Um, you know, he, he dealt with an oblique injury for nearly an entire season that, that really kind of sapped, you know, his power to that uh, to that left center gap, uh, which is a, a, a key part to what he's able to do at the plate. He's had two All Star seasons. He's had stretches where he's had record breaking stretches. He's, he's had record breaking months, and he's had uh, you know a couple of, of very slow starts the last couple of years. Um, you know, last year to, to the point where you know at times he's been he's been dropped down. In the lineup, he's been clearly frustrated. He struggled to either stay on the field or he struggled to remain healthy while playing through some stuff. Um, But you know, in terms of on the field, you know, he's been you know one of the you know one of the staples in this lineup for for a long time. You know, through this uh, contention window so far, through some rebuilding years, through Terry Francona's you know time with the team, Um, you know, he's been one of the, the the real. You know, key players that you know that the Indians have been have been able to you know play most every day when he's healthy and well, you know know that he'll, he'll at least you know, take care take care of what he's supposed to do um, you know it's it's a key loss you know there there are times where he hasn't hit very well there are times where his defense you know hasn't ranked you know terribly well or rated terribly well but they for the most part you know he's he's held his own at second base he's been Um, You know that that guy that the Indians can have, you know, hitting sixth, seventh, sometimes second, and uh, and know that you know at the very least one thing that they've always liked is that he can he can move runners over when needed. He you know he's if he if he needs to pull something to move a runner over he can. Little things like that, um, you know, I think those things have kind of helped to add his value. Um, He's certainly one of the more well liked players from the fan base for recent years and know if this is uh you know the the ending to his indians tenure i think there are a lot of fans that would be that'll be very upset about that he's been a, a really quality player um for much of his tenure and it's a it's a it's a key blow and another blow to this team right now
1: mm-hmm. in his career jason kipnis has hit 261 with the indians 123 home runs 529 rbis this season his average is just 245 because like you said he got off to a slow start but boy he he and Carlos Santana for a little bit there were the guys and then Lind- Lindor too were the ones propping up the offense Roberto Perez at other points um, I don't know man I, I'm i a big Jason Kipnis fan one one of our former colleagues here Jim Carney early in Kipnis' career referred to him as a, a fullback playing second base and uh, just a tough player uh, played hard and to me i think he's going to go down as a a guy that you know a local favorite people in minnesota for or sure. or los angeles or detroit wherever anybody else when they hear jason kipnis they'll just think oh man he was just a a solid player for a while with the indians but locally boy he, he is a fan favorite i think and um for years he's done the shoe toss at the end of the season where he gives basically cleans out his locker and hands it to fans at progressive field um he's one of the guys that helped bring Joe Boo back into the Indians clubhouse having Important that go from, yeah. yeah having that go from uh fiction to real life um and that that's fun off the, off the field i guess with with Jason Kipnis Ryan how, how well liked is he in the locker room, and how important is that in baseball, particularly compared to other sports? I mean, it seems like Jason Kipnis was, <clears throat> from my outside purview, the glue guy in the clubhouse for the Indians.
0: Yeah, I mean, in, in 2015, later on in the year, uh, that, was a, that was, a frustrating, it was a frustrating stretch that summer for the Indians. And they had a team meeting and they, they, you know, sort of elected in a way, you know, four leaders in that clubhouse. And it was Corey Kluber, Michael Brantley, Jan Gomes, and Jason Kidness. And those four were sort of in a way, you know, almost put in charge of, uh, you know, spreading a message of of what this team wants to be about. Um, And they had the, uh, sort of the player contract that they did. Uh, You know, Kidness has definitely been. You know, one of those guys in the clubhouse—that's—that's that's, uh, you know certainly been looked at in a in a either pseudo or just in general a, a leadership role, and that is something that is difficult to quantify. It's difficult to say how how much that has helped or how much you know losing some leadership hurts. Um, but with Kitness, with Kluber, with you know several other guys throughout the last several years, you know the team does point to certain. Cases where you know they they may know how to how to address certain things. Uh, you know which guys, uh, which you know younger guys might respond to to different tactics better, and uh, you know being able to uh, to help younger players kind of kind of ride ride some some negative ways a little bit better than than they would have otherwise. And and those things can help, and it's nothing that you can see or. You know, track, but um, you know, it, uh, and there are cases where it's it's certainly there. And you know, Kidness, um, you know, has definitely been right near the top for this team. It's it's it's, it's a big goal. You know, that when when Michael Brantley was hurt, he kept talking about you know, essentially wanting wanting to be a coach. I imagine that's you know, we're we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. We're going to meet with Kidness in an hour or two. I imagine that he'll say something similar, uh, but. Francisco Lindor and some other players have, have talked in the past about how you know important that can be and how important he has been, um, just being vocal on the field, helping them out with certain things. Um, you know, and with Kidness, you know, you think about Kidness, he he's had some some time some down years recently, which I'm sure right now with the fan is um, in the forefront of their minds. Uh, he you know he also he had two All Star seasons and in 2016. Jason stole, or well scored from second base in Game 7 of the World Series, which is a play that if the Indians win, it's amazing that that doesn't get talked about because it was like the 20th biggest thing that happened that night. So that, game, <laughs> that game was ridiculous. But Jason Kitten to scored from second on a wild pitch that cut the Cubs' lead in half in Game 7 of the World Series. It's an amazing play. And he also had that foul ball down the line that first split second, depending on where you were in the stadium or maybe watching on TV it looked like it might have a chance to go as a, as a World Series winning walk-off home run. Uh, you know, he, he's he certainly had some key moment, moments. He certainly had a huge impact within that clubhouse. He's certainly one of the more, you know, well-liked, uh, more revered players. Uh, Tito talked yesterday about how you know, his response to these things isn't necessarily like what was from a team's perspective because he feels that, you now they can try to figure out Figured out. He often feels bad for just the player having to deal with certain things. And uh, you know, with Kidness, it's it's certainly a, a tough situation um, to where it could be the case that uh, you know a, a nine-year tenure or eight and a half-year tenure um, is about to come to an end. He has a club option for next year. The Indians are very likely to decline it at sixteen and a half million dollars. Uh, it's So, possible that he could return in some fashion at some point. But for now. Uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be
1: the end of his tenure in Cleveland. Yeah, so if that is the end, that, that's our little ode to Jason Kipnis there to start the podcast off this week. Like Ryan said, he's talking later today. You can find all the coverage of that over at com slash Indians. Um, Ryan, let, let's talk a couple other things and then we'll get out of here. I am My current baseball fascination is this reliever that the Indians brought up, James Karincheck. His His numbers in the minors this season are absurd. Maybe other players have had numbers similar to this. I don't follow minor league stats that closely. But when you strike out 82 batters in 33 and two-third innings, and I see things like he can hit 100 miles an hour, I get excited. I I think my favorite thing in baseball is a... Giant armed relief pitcher. Um, it's, it's just electric when they're when they when they're on the field. I want to know everything about this guy. Tell me what you know about him.
0: Well, it, the way that he fits into this bullpen is really interesting because that's been the trend across baseball for several years. All these relievers who can throw 96, 97, 98, 99. Uh, no, there are a couple that can throw 102. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's been the trend have as many big arms at the, in the back end of your bullpen as possible. The Indians, in a way, know when everybody was zagging. Uh, you know, they don't really have that. Um, they've had a very effective bullpen this year. They've got a lot of pieces that can fit well together when healthy and when everyone's in a rhythm. But they really haven't had that, that fireballer at the end, and that is James Karinchak. Um, yeah, he's, uh, I believe his strikeout rate was like 22. Uh, per nine innings, so more than two-thirds of his outs are by strikeout in the minors. Um, He, you know, Deans had said that his call-up was more about um, you know, just wanting to kind of see what what, what they might have in him, how his stuff plays at this level, more so than a direct response to, to Brad Hand going down. Um, they mentioned his fielding at one point. Uh, I think it, it became a, a scenario where you know, he had to be called up. Um, and he said that he was a little surprised because once he wasn't called up at, at the beginning of September, he thought that he would you know, pitch with Columbus through the A playoffs. Um, you know, he's someone who he could have a, a big part in this bullpen either quickly or you know, relatively quickly for talking about next season uh, as a guy who is that big arm. Uh, who maybe if he keeps up anywhere close to a strikeout rate, you know that that eighth inning role uh, is something that the Indians haven't had as defined as they have in the past. Brian Shaw, Andrew Miller, etc. Uh, James Kiermaier is certainly a candidate to fill you know that role. That um, you know his his velocity, um, everything that he's able to throw at hitters. Um, no one in the minors has has had an answer. Those are those are video game numbers if you're playing the show on, on rookie level.
1: <laughs> um,
0: it, he's been, he's been—he's the numbers are eye popping to say the least. And he had the chance to, to really carve out his role, um, you know, just dependent on how his stuff plays at this level, how it's hit. Uh, the Indians are kind of waiting to see, you know, what comes from it. He's been, you know, okay, okay thus far. Um, it's, you know, it's still pretty early to. To tell anything along those lines, but these guys instead sort of a the major. Frontiers and the Indians have depth there. They've had several guys the last couple of years uh, make very quick, uh, you know, work of the minor leagues and and uh, you know elevate themselves to the majors pretty quickly. And Crennchek's one of them. And you know, it's one of the reasons why the Indians couldn't afford to to make some moves, or at least to look at some other moves. Uh, talking about both relievers and starters, it uh, kind of allowed them. Uh, some flexibility knowing that they may have some, some low cost talent able to, to be at, at the major league level to where, you know, they're, they're pre arbitration eligible, which is a huge asset, especially for this team and in this position. Um, you know, Kerncheck might have a bright future. Um, he's certainly going to be one of the more enjoyable pitchers to watch for fans. Uh, that's for sure. And, um, you know, he definitely stands out right now, uh, between the other arms in the Indians bullpen. So he, he really could carve, carve out a role pretty quickly. It'll be. Interesting to see. He's certainly being thrust right into the middle of this playoff chase, especially with Brad Hann out. Uh, Brad Han is expected to throw a bullpen session today. Uh, Both hand out, uh, sort of a, of an all hands on deck situation, and Krenzchek could play a really key role over the next two weeks.
1: Yeah, that'll be fascinating to see how he's used and how he does. And I look, I I'm just as fascinated by. Uh, 2020 for him is anything because I, I don't know how many weeks we spent this season talking about will they or won't they with the Indians trading Brad Hand and of course obviously they didn't but this is a guy who with that with those kind of results you would naturally think if, if Brad Hand gets moved he would get looked at as a closer for the Indians potentially so I'm I'm fascinated like whether or not the Indians make the playoffs, I, I'm still fascinated to to watch how this guy does and and see it. I mean, he's pitched, what, an inning and a third, and he has three strikeouts so far already? So, I don't know. I I, I love those big arm relievers is all. So, that's a little bit on him. We, we've talked about this a lot the last few weeks, and of course we, we will again today, as we record this again on Wednesday, just after 1.30 now. Um, the Indians have 11 games left. They're in the midst of a series against the Detroit Tigers and then uh, things get interesting. The Indians are a half game out of the wild card. Again, they're they're chasing the Rays and A's who we talked last week. The Indians have a tougher schedule than than those two teams. Ryan, is there anything different in your opinion on on where the Indians are possibly headed compared to to last week about the playoffs and what do you think? They're just kind of hanging around, aren't they?
0: Uh, they're they're right in it. It's I, I I think this is going to go down to the last day or two. They're they're kind of clawing their way right now. Uh, the A's are, are really they've been playing their best baseball. They yeah. have the easiest schedule of the three remaining. Um, it's pretty likely that the A's are going to be one of those two teams. Um, so barring something going wrong there barring a complete meltdown in Minnesota that might bring the division race into play which is like a two percent chance at most of happening the Indians and the Rays for the last spot right now um, that's just the way the things have been trending um, again the, the the interesting part is that those last three days uh, the Rays go to Tampa or sorry the Rays go to Toronto uh, from Tampa I was half right and the Indians have to go to Washington to play the Nationals without their DH. Um, it, it's certainly a, a less-than-ideal situation for that Indians lineup. that's already without Jose Ramirez and now Jason Kidness in that infield. And the Indians are going to have to rely on Mike Freeman and or Andrew Velasquez or, and or Yu Chang to make some serious contributions within that lineup because in the way that the Indians corrected an issue at the trade deadline when they acquired Reyes and Puig to extend that lineup, uh, you know the Indians are sort of in, in a way back to closer to where they were in May, where they're struggling with that bottom half of the lineup on paper. Um, at the very least, has has question marks, uh, and it's it's short on track records, um, and it's something where uh, you know the Indians are going to have to kind of fight and. and Call their way to this and and find contributions, um, you know, from those who haven't exactly done it at the major league level yet. Um, you know, they're, they're, they've been repeatedly kind of punched in the gut over the last couple of weeks between Kluber setback, Jose Ramirez, Tyler Naquin, Jason Kitness, uh, Brad Hand on and on. Um, you know, and like, like we talked about last week, you know, things have continued to kind of trend in a negative way. The Indians are, are right there though still. Um, and they, they get to play the Tigers the next two nights. They've won 15 in a row against the Trunk, which is a complete reversal of how things were, were going three or four years ago. Um, so they can kind of enjoy their schedule for now. You know, playing the Phillies, playing the Nationals certainly isn't ideal. And um, If this goes down to the last couple of days, the Indians are going to have to find contributions from from those who haven't really done it yet, especially if they can't get Reyes and Puig into the lineup, though. At
1: this point, they may have to try to find a way. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be, like you said, right down to the the last second or last games of the season here. And look, it's something Major League Baseball is very aware of. It's it's no coincidence the Indians are on a nationally televised game on Fox on tomorrow. Uh, that's kind of weird on Thursday. Nationally televised baseball game. And then the Indians are on Sunday night baseball uh, on ESPN against the Phillies, and then they have another national game before the end of the season. They'll probably have a couple here. So it it's it's gonna be interesting. Whether or not it's gonna be fun. Um we'll see. Ryan, anything else this week before we get out of here?
0: I think we're good, man.
1: All right, that's gonna do it here on leading off. Again, you can find all of Ryan's stuff over at Ohio.com Indians. Make sure you're following him on Twitter. He's out by Ryan Lewis. Thanks, everyone, for listening this week, and we'll talk to you next time.